Words of Loud, The Summer Series. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. And you've joined us for another one of our Summer Series episodes. These are the uh, episodes where we're basically filling in time until the full contingent of Lords returns in a few weeks. And tonight, uh, you've got just Lord Ben, just myself, uh, talking about a a topic which is uh, dear to my heart, and that is unsung songwriters. So I've always had a fascination with people who write songs, but don't necessarily perform them, or try to perform them, but don't have as big a hits with them as other artists may go on to have with those particular songs that they wrote. So tonight we're going to be covering uh, a few different artists who have written classic songs over the years, but haven't had hits with their own songs, essentially. So this should be a bit of fun. So here we go. So this first lot of artists are uh, those who have tried to have careers, potentially have released solo albums, but weren't able to sort of crack it, weren't able to sort of have hits with their own material, Uh, But then uh, some other artist comes along and sees the song, likes the song, and with the right sort of arrangement and producer, manages to turn that song into a a hit record. So the first person I'd like to sort of nominate tonight is Jules Shear. So young Jules Shear is an artist who has recorded something like 20 albums to date. Uh, He first created a band called the Funky Kings uh, and then went on to create other bands like Jewels and the Polar Bears and then Reckless Sleepers and Raisins in the Sun. Uh, You know, you don't really see those bands appearing on the uh, Rolling Stones Top 100 lists uh, from time to time. But uh, in 1984, he went on to write this particular number, which became a hit for an up-and-coming star by the name of Cyndi Lauper. And this song is called All Through the Night. All through the night to die Knowing that we feel the sad without saying We have no past, we won't reach back Live with me forward all through the night And once we start favorite songs from the 80s and certainly one of my favorite Cindy Lauper songs of all time uh, and then of course Jules uh, tried again tried to create some more solo work um, and one of his particular songs that he wrote which is another classic song and a big hit for another female or female band from the 80s one of my favorites uh, the bangles and this is uh, if she knew what she wants Everything. 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 
fantastic song. And so, I don't know, can we feel sorry for Jules? Or is it a case of, you know, he's, I'm sure he's made plenty of money over the years through royalties for those two particular songs. Um, but yeah, never, never became a household name and, and just wasn't able to sort of go on with his solo career. If you look on YouTube though, you can, you can find his own performances of those particular two songs. It's worth checking out. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the two artists, Cindy Lauper and, and the Bangles certainly did better versions. All right. And this next artist is a personal favorite of mine and someone I've admired for a very long time. Probably one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Um, and this is Jimmy Webb. Now, again, not exactly a household name, uh, but has written songs for so many artists over the years and, and certainly some absolute classic tracks over the years. Uh, he's released do- over a dozen of his own solo records but just has never been able to crack it. And, and despite being a good performer, he's a great pianist, actually has a great vocal style, but yeah, just wasn't able to find success with his own solo career, but certainly wrote so many classic records for other people, including this, which was probably his first hit that he wrote for somebody else. Uh, and this was for The Fifth Dimension. And this is Up, Up and Away. Fantastic. And so uh, probably Jimmy's biggest recipient, uh, and you could almost say that this guy's career was on the back of Jimmy Webb, and that is Glenn Campbell. Despite being a great musician in his own right, a great uh, guitarist and, and songwriter, of course, he his big hits really were Jimmy Webb's songs. Uh, by the time I get to Phoenix, Wichita Lineman, many classic songs that Jimmy wrote for him. Yeah, it, it's hard to imagine Glenn having the career he had without without Jimmy's backing, so to speak. So uh, here's a little bit of uh, Wichita Lineman. I am a lineman for the county And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for a great songs and and you know covered by countless artists over the years it's almost like a for any country artist it's almost like one of the songs you have to cut your teeth by so of course uh he wrote for other artists as well and one of my favorite uh artists in linda ronstad uh recorded one of his songs the moon is a harsh mistress which is a, a beautiful beautiful song of his and he also of course wrote 
the Richard Harris classic, MacArthur Park, which was a huge smash. Between the parted pages and repressed in love's hot fevered iron Like a striped pair of pants MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark all the sweet green icing flowing down Someone left the cake out in the rain I don't think that I can take it Cause it took so long to bake it And I'll never have that recipe again And so yeah, there's Jimmy Webb, one of my favourite songwriters of all time. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Next we have Jim Steinman. And for those who have listened to any of the other previous episodes of the Lords of Loud, you've you've heard me mention him quite a few times. Uh, certainly a personal favourite of mine. Have a lot of respect for this man as a songwriter. Yeah, really, he started his career as, I guess, thinking he was going to be some kind of Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, you know, competitor in writing musicals, uh, rock musicals and rock operas, I guess, particularly. And, you know, or, or have a solo career as his own sort of rock artist. But unfortunately, didn't quite turn out that way. He had a few sort of minor hits. Uh, well, you couldn't really call them hits. He had a few minor uh, plays slash musicals that were sort of produced and, and, and uh, performed through sort of local theatre companies and uh, certainly in his university days. But it wasn't until he met uh, a young guy by the name of Michael Lee Aday. Of course, we know him these days as Meatloaf. So it wasn't until Jim met Meatloaf that uh, you know, he, he could see a pathway to a more successful career as a songwriter and, of course, went on to write many, many classic songs for Meatloaf, including his first solo album, Bat Out of Hell, which was you know, went ballistic and, and basically... Meatloaf has lived off the career of Jim's songs uh, ever since to this day. So here's one of my favourite Jim songs performed by Meatloaf. Heaven can wait And a band of angels wrapped up in my heart Will take me through the lonely night Through Come down here just to sing for me And the melody's gonna make And so for the follow-up to Bat Out of Hell, Jim started writing a bunch of songs that would become the next album. Uh, but unfortunately, Meatloaf had developed a, a bunch of vocal problems um, from the, the touring on that album. And so he wasn't really able to, he, he needed to take a break. He basically wasn't able to uh, record the album. So uh, Steinman ended up recording that album himself and putting it out as a solo album uh, called Good for Bad. That was in 1981. Uh, he sang most of the songs on there himself and, and a few were sung by, by some other, another guy. Uh, but, yeah, he certainly wrote all the, the music. 
and you know again it just failed to chart so you know he had another crack at sort of trying to have that solo career or, or trying to sort of you know perform his own music and, and get it out there but it just didn't come through um the next year or even later that year i think it was i don't think it was 82 i think it might have even been late 81 he put together a bunch of songs which became meatloaf's second album dead ringer uh and then uh you know continue then it became obvious that he was really only going to be able to be successful through writing songs for for others and one of the first that he then went on to write for another artist was for a young lass bonnie tyler and this was an absolute smash for her in total eclipse of the heart One of my favourite 80s songs there. And apart from Bonnie Tyler, who he would actually produce albums for, produce that album in particular, uh, but would go on to work with her at other times, he also wrote uh, one of my, another fantastic song for another Aussie band, actually, Air Supply. Uh, and this was a big hit for them. And, of course, this is Making Love Out of Nothing at All. So Jim went on to write uh, another, you know, Battered Hell 2 and 3 and, you know, 27 for Meatloaf. Basically, uh, Meatloaf owes his whole career to Jim Steinman. As great as Meatloaf is at delivering a vocal performance, he, you know, he'd be nothing without Jim Steinman. So have a lot of respect for the man. And he, I'm sure, again, like a lot of these songwriters, has, although not been able to achieve fame, on a personal level or on a you know a solo level certainly has reaped the rewards from the songwriting process uh to the point where even i think one of the last artists he wrote for was uh celine dion he actually wrote uh one of her big hits actually in the well 2000s i'm guessing it is now and that's it's all coming back to me by celine and he also wrote boy zones no matter what you know, another big hit for those guys. So, yes, legend songwriter Jim Steinman. 
So these next songwriters are a bit of a mashup. I'm going to sort of deal with them all at once. Uh, you know, they probably deserve to have their own categories, but uh, these guys, Mike Chapman, Nicky Chin, and uh, and certainly uh, Holly Knight, all sort of almost had careers that sort of intertwined with each other, and so I thought I'd just deal with them all together. They wrote some inc- they they all tried okay firstly they all tried to sort of have their own solo careers and um and were unsuccessful with doing that released several albums of their own but just couldn't sort of find a hit but went on to write some of the biggest hits for other bands uh so if we look at um desmond knight and and uh nikki chin in particular uh, the hits they wrote for people like Susie Quattro and uh, Bon Jovi and even Aerosmith, just incredible. Not to mention hits for people like The Sweet and Racy and Smokey and a lot of these classic sort of uh, 70s bands. So let's list off some of these songs. I mean, for Kiss, you know, they wrote I Was Made For Loving You. <laughs> Huge hit. You've got things like... Um, Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, um, yeah, for Aerosmith, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Angel. Like These are some of their biggest, biggest things. Um, when I was younger, if me, like a lot of people probably thought that you know, bands like Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and those sort of artists were, were totally writing their own music. I wasn't thinking they were doing covers. You know, they went on to do uh, like Poison, Alice Cooper, Massive return hit for him in the late 80s. Um, and one of my personal favourite songs from the from the late 80s, a sure hit, just like Jesse James. Classic, classic song. Uh, so, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Keep the Faith, you know, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead for Bon Jovi. Yeah, a bunch of stuff here. And then later in the 2000s, they wrote things like Living La Vida Loca and, and The Cup of Life for the for the Soccer World Cup for Ricky Martin, you know, and She Bangs. I mean, you know, what would Ricky Martin's career be without those few songs in particular? These are people who have who really know the, the songwriting craft and just don't get the credit for, you know, they're unsung songwriters. They don't get the credit for writing the songs that have become huge hits for, for other artists. Another guy I'd like to mention here quickly is Chip Taylor. Again, tried to have hits with his own, um, uh, you know, songs in the early days. Tr- you know, formed bands, tried solo work. Uh, but Chip Taylor is most known for for a couple of his songs that were hits for for other artists. In particular, the song "Wild Thing," covered by, you know, uh, the Trogs originally. 
and then of course performed by Jimi Hendrix and and you know countless other artists since. Wild thing, I think I love you, but I wanna know for sure. Come on and hold me tight. And then, of course, his other big hit, which was Angel of the Morning. And that was probably uh, the, the best version, in my opinion anyway, is probably Juice Newton's version. I see no need to take me home I'm old enough to face the Yeah, a guy who could write an, a great song, but just couldn't crack it. As didn't have the you know whether it was the arrangements, was it the performance technique, was it you know what it'd be? It's a whole another show to try to break down some of these the factors that that led to you know people who can write great songs but just can't deliver on the song. Yeah, you know, can't deliver the full promise of what the song holds. Okay. And the next artist I'd really like to mention is J.D. Souther. Not exactly a household name to most people, but has written some of the classic songs that certainly most of the population would have heard at some point on the radio. And uh, Souther is a is a sort of folk country artist who has released uh, at least half a dozen, potentially eight to nine solo albums. Uh, was once in a band with... Glenn Fry from the Eagles, who he would go on to have a sort of almost lifelong relationship with as far as songwriting, and certainly co-wrote some of the Eagles' biggest hits, including things like uh, Best of My Love, Victim of Love, Heartache Tonight, New Kid in Town, and then uh, even, even when they reformed in later years. Uh, and did the Long Road Out of Eden album. He even, uh, they got him back in to, to sort of co-write a song for that. Uh, but let's listen to a bit of uh, Best of My Love. Thinking about all the things that we said And coming apart at the seams We tried to talk it over But the words come out Yeah, so J.D. Souther, you know, songwriter, Hall of Fame. Has worked with, apart from the Eagles, who of course are his biggest, um, biggest collaboration. He's also done stuff for Linda Ronstadt, uh, Don Henley solo work, Christopher Cross, Dan Fogelberg, you know, a range of artists over the years. And and like I say, has has also continued to release his own uh, solo albums, but just never been able to sort of crack through that uh that barrier and again great artist great singer i actually have a few of his solo albums and and they and they're good albums but for whatever reason chemistry wasn't there and just couldn't crack it as a as a solo artist the next person i'd like to mention is linda perry now linda perry of course found fame uh really yeah often considered as a one-hit wonder group with four non-blondes 
Uh, has also done a lot of solo records, but what a lot of people don't understand is that she's uh, written absolutely classic pop songs for artists such as Pink, Christina Aguilera, uh, Gwen Stefani, uh, people like um, Celine Dion even, and Ariana Grande, and, and even Miley Cyrus. Uh, she wrote things like Beautiful, Get the Party Started, uh, which was Pink's big uh, breakout hit, and uh, this song for Christina Aguilera, which is one of my favourite pop songs of the, of the 2000s. This next guy is certainly one of the more contemporary uh, songwriters who is who is unsung, so to speak. And uh, this guy joined a a glam metal band back in the eighties, mid eighties, uh, called It's Alive. But uh, yeah, really couldn't get any success uh, with that band or any future projects which he went on to sort of try to be part of. Um, but Max Martin, his name, uh, has gone on to write some of the essentially the biggest hits of the of the nineties and and two thousands, uh, including such things as Raw, Katy Perry, Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, Shake It Off for Taylor Swift, Can't Feel My Face, The Weeknd, you know, No Tears Left to Cry for Ariana Grande, uh, you know, you could just go through list after list of the stuff that he's done. Hey, you know, I knew you were trouble, Taylor Swift. Uh, we got California Girls, you know, Katy Perry, again. Uh, you know, this guy's written multiple, multiple hits in the modern era. You know, he's worth something like two hundred fifty million dollars. You know, purely from from his songwriting credits. Um, you know, but here we go with one of my favorite of his pop songs. So yeah, there you go, Max Martin, a modern legend, you know, love or like, love or hate, should I say, uh, you know, modern pop music, but you know, you have to respect someone who can deliver time after time, uh, classic, uh, you know, classic pop formula, so to speak, and uh, write that many hits. So I'd like to sort of finish up here uh, tonight with a couple of artists who you will know their names. Uh, but maybe they weren't known as songwriters within their band or 
you know, for whatever reason, you wouldn't think of them as songwriters. And, and that is uh, the first one I'd like to mention is Robbie Krieger from The Doors. I think a lot of people have this perception that, you know, Jim Morrison wrote all the music for The Doors and he was this sort of genius and you know, a poetic genius who wrote all the music, sang, you know, performed all the music, etc., etc. Um, but of course, Robbie Krieger wrote some of the biggest hits including, uh, you know, Love Me Two Times, Touch Me, Love Her Madly, and and this one, which was potentially their, their biggest hit. Know that it will be untrue Know that I would be a liar If I what to say to you Girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire And the next I'd like to mention is uh, Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. Uh, now, the Monkees are, you know, often regarded as a throwaway, lightweight, you know, Beatles wannabe band from the 60s. And, of course, they certainly were formed as a, a product of wanting to capture that excitement of the Beatles and, and you know, America wanted their own version of that. And, and so they, they did, they absolutely manufactured a band called the Monkees and, and brought in, they auditioned and they brought in a, a group of people to perform the roles of, of the members of that band. Uh, but what, what a lot of people don't understand is that during the life cycle of the Monkees, uh, a lot of the members of the Monkees actually, well, when I say a lot, I'll, I'll include people like Peter Tork and, and certainly Mike Nesmith in that, um, could actually play their instruments, you know, did have a, a, a want to have a career outside of just a, you know, essentially what was a TV project at the time. And, uh, yeah, Mike in particular was, a, was actually turned out to be a very talented songwriter and, and went on to have, you know, uh, you know so, something of a career, but... Um, certainly a couple of his songs caught the attention of a young Linda Ronstad when she was with the Stone Ponies and one of his songs in particular which I'm going to play for you now was really launched her career and and is just such a beautiful song and you know for, for something that started as, as being completely manufactured uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for, for Mike for going on and, and pursuing his dream of, of being a songwriter and then pursuing music. You and I travel to the beat of a different drum. How can you tell by the way I run? Every time you make eyes at me. Whoa, you cry and moan and say it will work out. can't help myself while we're talking about the monkeys does everybody know that uh one of the great solo artists of all time in neil diamond is the one who wrote uh i'm a believer for the monkeys which was you know obviously a huge hit for them again you know these are the little uh stories in in songwriting that often we don't hear like we you know we we know neil diamond well 
we know Neil Diamond started as a songwriter and then not went on to have a very successful solo career. But yeah, the things like that. There's little songs here and there that we don't realise, you know, that he wrote. And on that note, also, you know, obviously tonight I could have gone down the track of naming all kinds of artists, uh, such as Prince, you know, writing songs for the Bangles and mentioned earlier, uh, and and many other artists, uh, people like Paul McCartney. You know, these are people who have had six successful careers, but have also written. Yeah, many songs for other artists over the years uh, but that's probably for another show so the last guy I'd like to mention tonight is is Warren Zevin now in you know, these days if you're a music fan you probably know Warren for of course his Werewolves of London song you know great incredibly classic 70s song um, but you know we forget that he was a struggling artist until Linda Ronstadt did a cover of one of his songs which brought him into the limelight. And I think as an outro to this program, I'm going to play that song for you now. Um, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this little journey. This feels like there's so many other songwriters I could have mentioned here, so it feels like we're going to have to do this again uh, at some point. This is, feels like a part one. Um, but, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed hearing some or hearing about some stories from songwriters that you may not have realized had had written some of the classic songs for for some big artists uh you know often songwriters are unsung and hence the the name of this episode so thank you for joining me uh lords of loud will be back in in full swing in a few weeks uh, but we'll have a few more programs of the summer series in between and uh join us again or join me again or some of us again next time uh on the lords of loud and to take us out tonight here is uh warren zevin's poor poor pitiful me sung by linda ronstadt